Mark chapter 5. We have a Zoom meeting as a church every single week with our team, with our leadership team. And Erica, who leads our youth, this past week she said something that has haunted me. She doesn't even know this. But it's just resonated in my mind, right, for, for this past week. And she called it five minutes of real, right? And I guess she's been doing that with some of our teens. You know, she meets in the driveway. She has driveway discipleship conversations. You know, and we have all the pleasantries, do we not? All of the, 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 the pleasantries of just kind of conversations. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Oh, okay, great. How's life? Great. And, and we don't oftentimes get to the, to the real meat of, of, of how we're doing where we're at, et cetera, et cetera. And today, my hope is to kind of have not necessarily five minutes of real, but about 15 minutes of real this morning, where we get into the text and we really let God move in our hearts today as a church. Yeah. Our church needs a church moment. It's easy to forget the power of gathering together. And parents, my hat's off to you. You're not used to sitting in church right now with, with kids running around. I've seen my child run to this trash can to throw something away like 47 times, right? I mean, this is life right now. It's different. We're not used to this. And yet, here we are trying to worship together, continue growing together. And you need to know not only is it possible, but people have been doing this for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years. We we're growing together, and in many ways, this is more this is more like how Jesus ministered than anything that we've done in a building. Jesus would sit, he would stand and teach literally on a hillside. And there would be kids running all over the place. And he said, Man, let the kids come. Bless these little ones. Bless in the families amidst all the distractions and all the things and all the fun stuff over there at the park. Tempting your child. We're going to get into it today. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Uh, this is a difficult passage a little bit. But we're going to read it and then, uh, and then try to apply it to our lives this morning. Jesus uh, went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. It's a large crowd. and A woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she had actually grown worse, the Bible says. But when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Amazing story. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? Do you see the people crowding around you? His disciples answered, And yet you can ask, Who touched me? Jesus, the audacity. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace and be freed from your suffering. 
It's a powerful story. In fact, one of the more powerful miracles that we see in the scriptures. Now, I don't mean to take away, I probably shouldn't say that. It's not a competition. This miracle is better than this miracle, right? But there's something about this woman who's been suffering for 12 years. The pain, the difficulty, the agony. And let me go ahead and say this. If you've been dealing with something for any measure of time in your life, it is very easy to get offended. And here's what I mean. She's been struggling for 12 years. She spent the money that she has. But what does the Bible say? It says she hasn't gotten better. She's actually gotten worse. Do you think it's possible that there's anger, right, that she's having to deal with in her heart? Do you think there might be bitterness? There might be resentment? You know what it's like when somebody else gets, gets the blessing that you've been praying for? Right? And yet here she is, still willing to risk, still willing to trust, and still willing to believe God again. Still, one more time. This speaks to me. As an American who's used to kind of getting what I need pretty quickly, this woman has kept her faith alive for 12 years and is still willing to come back to Jesus more. That is powerful. Her body is sick, but her heart is strong. If this story were taking place today, I think we would see a very different narrative being told. And I don't mean that somehow the narrative is filled with lies. I mean, it would look something like this. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A large crowd? I'm offended. Do you know what that's doing to the city? To the streets? Do you know what that's doing to wildlife? Do you know what that's doing to this and that? This is an outrage Get as many people as I possibly can because we're offended right now and we need to do something about it. A large crowd followed up. Oh, and she's been bleeding for 12 years. 12 years? This is an outrage. I'm offended. There must be medical malpractice happening here. There must be. There has to be some kind of doctoral medical conspiracy at work purposely preventing this woman from experiencing healing. Go to the villages, round up as many people who don't even know this person. Let's get stirred up, let's fight, and let's be offended. There is an offense right now that is literally pulling churches apart that is causing division at every turn. And hear me, I'm not suggesting for one second that there are not so much needed and difficult conversations that must be had by Christians and must be had in churches. We must. But you must also understand that there is a spirit at work working to divide churches and Christians and men and women of God like I have never seen before. 
We're going to see churches trying to come out of this culture and climate having experienced some, some much, uh, well, some, some, well, some pains, some growing pains, some difficulty, some challenge. And some of it is us unwilling to give and bring our offenses to the Lord and trust Him one more time. To bring our pain to Him and trust Him one more time. One more time. And one more time. And one more time. Now I'm taking this message and I'm applying it today in a little bit of a different way than I know that the Bible as it was originally intended. So bear with me. I want to be, I want to be true to the text, but I also want you to understand how to apply this. There are so many things in the text here that we don't capture at first the first reading. This woman would have been ostracized. She would not have been allowed uh, to, to, to uh, be about in public. Why? Because she's unclean. This woman would have been the ultimate contagion. The ultimate spiritual you know, mark upon her would have been that she'd sinned and somehow she brought this upon herself. Not to mention that she was a woman. Not to mention that there was a crowd and Jesus, the holy man, how dare she press through and touch him. And yet she works through 12 years of trying, 12 years of hoping, and she hopes and tries one more time. And you can just imagine it, right? There's a crowd of people all pressed around each other. And you can just kind of see this little hand, right, who's doing, who's who's desperately trying to not be seen. And you see the arm reach through, right, and touch his cloak. And she's healed. And then she tries to slip away to not be seen. But Jesus says, who who touched me? Who came to me with faith today? Who came to me trusting today? I can promise you there were were scores of people who probably need healing that day, but there was only one person that we know that was recorded having a miraculous moment with Jesus. Some of you need miracles today, and I think we can all acknowledge in the midst of the crazy time that we are in, That our cities, our homes, and our communities need miracles. And one of the biggest obstacles for experiencing God's grace and His miraculous power is offense. If you want to stop what God is doing, allow your heart to be gripped with offense. I need to clarify it because, once again, these are the times that we're in. I'm not suggesting there aren't things we've got to work through, talk through, argue about, fight through, cry through. But one of the challenges that we're facing is that these, the rules of engagement have changed. And the inability for you and I to fight anchored to the reality that Jesus is Lord and I love you and I'm not going anywhere even though we got to work through this we got to fight through this this is a this is a difficulty I need God's miraculous power at work in my life and you know what rather than just getting offended and leaving I'm going to hang in there with you I'm going to trust you I'm going to believe the best and I'm going to come to Jesus one more time this is the disposition that we have to have However, many times in churches right now, what we're finding 
is that if you don't see, look, and think exactly like me, rather than working through it, I'm just going to pack my bags and I'm going to leave. Because this is what division does. This is what offense at work does. The inability to trust again, to believe the best. It erodes it. And we desperately need this in this hour. I have sweat dripping into my eyes if you're wondering why I'm blinking so much. <laughs> so, you know what I don't ever get used to? Speaking outside, also wearing shorts while I preach. Uh, this is very unnatural. For me. <laughs> Anyhow, you guys, understand this for a minute. First of all, last night we were I had this charcoal grill on my back deck. And, why thank you. Good times. I had this little charcoal grill. And somebody at Lily from the church taught me, I didn't know this until like last year, that if you take your, your dryer uh, lint, right, the dryer lint from your dryer and save it, that it turns into some of the best kindling for getting like a little fire going. I had no idea. If you didn't know that either, that was free. That was a pro tip for you this morning. I did not know this, right? So it's been awesome. So I, I'm, I'm getting the grill going to grill a little bit last night. And I have this giant wad of just dryer lint uh, stuffed into the bottom of the stack of charcoals. And the smallest flame, just the smallest little, little flame, and that thing just started to breathe to life. And I was able to sit back and do absolutely nothing. I just literally breathed on it a couple times. <laughs> right? And away it went. And I was literally thinking last night as I was grilling hot dogs for my kids. Because we are fancy at our house. <laughs> and I thought to myself, is this not a great picture of what the enemy is trying to do inside the church right now? It doesn't take much. Just a little spark. And a little breathing. And while this text doesn't teach us a thing about offense, I realize the heart of this text is not about being offended and forgiving, etc., etc., etc. I know human nature, and so do you. And when you have been trying to get whole and heal for 12 years, there is, I promise you, there's pain in your heart that you have to be willing to work through. You must. And some of that pain can be directed at God. Some of you right now have experienced some pain and hardship. And that means there comes a moment where you have to let God deal with your heart. And that's okay. Some of you have hardship with other folks right now. And that's also okay. You have to let God deal with your heart. But what I'm asking you in this moment is to continue trusting Jesus no matter what. After 12 years of trying, keep coming. Pray one more time. Believe God one more time. Believe the best one more time. 
This is not the moment for you to pack your bags and somehow try to figure things out spiritually on your, no, on your own. This is the moment for the church to come together. This is the moment for the church to be the church. There is a miracle of unity that we oftentimes do not talk about. But as you can very well see, when brothers and sisters walk together, unified, it is nothing short of God's miraculous power. It is truly a miracle. It's so easy to be divided right now. Can you imagine the, the division potentially? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this. So buckle in. Did you see what Jesus' disciple was wearing? That had BLM on it. I cannot possibly even be in the same proximity as that person or Jesus. Did you see what Jesus' disciple wasn't wearing? It didn't say BLM on it. I cannot possibly be in the same proximity as this. Did you see the color of Jesus' cloak? I'm offended over this. I cannot believe that he would wear a color cloak of that magnitude. Does he know what that represents? Did you see Jesus' disciple? He had a mask on. That guy is living in fear. Did you see Jesus' disciple? He did not have a mask on. He obviously wants everyone to die. Is it possible that none of those narratives are true? And is it possible that, that there is a spirit at work that is trying to divide God's people and that we're missing the fact that there literally is a woman in pain who needs the miraculous healing of Jesus? You see, the church, many times, if we're not careful, we're going to spend all of our time fighting and bickering and being divided, and we're missing the miracle and the ministry that needs to happen in front of us, and the people of God have to come together in this moment. It doesn't mean we don't have to have hard conversations. Oh, we do. And there's more difficult ones to come. And I'm happy to lead us in those moments. But understand that as we work through it, we have to have a disposition. That Jesus is the anchor of our heart and our soul. And as we work through it, you need to know that we may not see the eye to eye to eye. Eye to eye to eye. Eye to eye. But I'm not going anywhere. Apparently some of you have three eyes. Eye to eye. To eye. We need a miracle right now, church. I spend a lot of time talking to other pastors right now. Praying with them. Talking to them. Talking to them about the state of church. And you need to know I'm very proud of you. Just being the church that you are. Your generosity. The amount of you that, that text. That are, you're wanting to know, what, how can I help right now? How can I serve? Some of you don't even realize this, but we had uh, three people get baptized just this past week. We've got more people getting baptized in the weeks to come because God is moving. And when we allow Jesus to be the center of what we are after, guess what? Ministry still continues. The miracle of life change still continues, even though we don't have a building right now. Right. Okay. 
I can't wait for us to have a building again, but we don't have one yet. That day is getting closer and closer, though. But Jesus is still on the move. So here's what I want you to do today. Go ahead and stand to your feet for me. We're going to have some moments as a church in the coming in the coming months to almost reset. We have some exciting things that I think we're, we're going to be rolling out, you know, in, in a church. Uh, things that are discipleship initiated. Things that we're trying to do to engage our city and our community together. And some of you, you have been a part of High Point Church literally since its inception in my living room. Since we started. You've been around, right, when we had a few people in the living room that moved to the neighborhood clubhouse. And then the church that we're in right now and now the park. You've experienced a lot of things. One of the things that we sense God doing in this moment is is more or less resetting who we are as a church. Reminding us of the purpose of why we exist. You saw those signs that, that, that exist right here. Jesus changes everything. This is what we're about. Jesus. This is the mission that we're about. People coming to know him in heart, mind, and action because Jesus changes everything. This is what we want to see. This is what fires us up. This is what gets us out to the park. This is why we lead worship. This is why we're gracious when when another church comes down and barks at us. Be quiet because we're all in this together because we believe that Jesus changes everything. This is what we want to see. Don't get distracted by all the different things going on right now. Jesus is on his throne. Go to him right now. Pray to him right now. Seek him right now. Worship him right now. And let him change everything. It starts by turning things over to him. Here we are at a park out in the middle of everything. And I'm going to invite you to experience the power of God in this moment. I learned this prayer literally about two weeks ago. I thought it was really neat. I want to share it with you. I want to lead you guys in it. It's called Palms Down and Palms Up. You stick your hand out like this. Everybody do it. This is Palms Down. And it represents the things that you're turning over to Jesus. So literally during the, the week, during the month, when you're tempted to have to be afraid or you're tempted to be anxious or you're tempted to be angry or you're tempted to not believe God for another miracle. You just want to quit. This is a palms down moment. And you say, Lord, I give you this. Palms down. I'm turning my anxiety over to you. I'm turning my fear over to you. I'm turning my anger over to you. And then you literally palms up. And you say, Jesus, I receive your love today. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive your freedom and peace today. Palms down, palms up. I'm turning this over, and I'm receiving by faith. So this is what we're going to have. We're going to have a palms down and a palms up moment. And as we literally go about our week, and in the weeks to come, as we're, yes, going back to digital service next Sunday. 
you can literally live your life in faith and throughout the week, whether you're at Publix, whether you're at Kroger, whether you're working in an office or whether you're working at home, I promise you there are moments that are going to creep into your heart and you need to give them and turn them over to Jesus. Palms down, palms up. And remember who Jesus is and what he's called you to do and what his church is, what you're a part of. God, I give this to you and I receive from you this morning. Father, I thank you right now. Uh, Lord, as we pray and as, as we seek you. Lord, there's so much on our hearts and so much on our minds. And Lord, even my, I'm, I'm preaching like 17 messages today all in one. <laughs> God, I get so excited to see everybody. Lord, we see this story of a woman who had to work through so much, uh, Lord, to experience your presence and see your healing. Lord, she trusted you as the king that you are. Help us in this moment to do that. God, all the things that are, that are our hang-ups, that are our difficulties, God, whether it's political, Lord, whether it's social, whether it's economic, Lord, whether it's personal and it's God, we, we've experienced loss and pain and we're depressed or we're discouraged or we're anxious. God, whatever it might be that has lodged itself into our hearts, God, we palms down turn it over to you. I want to encourage you right now, church, whatever it is, name it and give it to God in this moment. With your palm down, turn it over to him. I'm going to give you just a second. Identify what it is that's standing between you in Jesus and turn it over to him now. Jesus, we give this to you. Palms down. And Father, now with our palms up, we receive by faith. Lord, a fresh newness from the Holy Spirit. God, we receive your love we receive, Lord, what you've done for us on the cross, Jesus, when you rose out of the grave three days later, we receive that right now by faith. Palms up. We receive your acceptance and your freedom and your peace in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take a deep breath. We thank you for your church. We thank you for high point and what you're doing here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.